the school doesn't make you who you are or what you're going to be. And the doctor uh, that you're going to be is going to come off of who you are and the hard work that you put into what you want to do. You could go to the Ivy League school if you wanted to, but if you don't really put in the work, maybe you're not going to be a good doctor. That doesn't mean that the Ivy League school didn't make you a good doctor. They taught you what you needed to know. Now, what you did with the knowledge or with the resources they offer you, that's up to you. That's something why I wanted to go to, to a Caribbean school because of that. Yes, there is a stigma. The stigma is not is not as it used to be back then, but there still is some of it. And it's we're here to say, you know, the school is not going to make me the doctor. The school is going to give me the resources. The school is going to teach me. The professors are going to teach me. The professors are going to guide me through where I need to go. But the doctor that I'm going to be is who I am. Welcome to MDF Instruments Crafting Wellness Podcast. Today, I have the pleasure of introducing you to Nanette. So my name is Nanette Varela. I am currently a medical student at St. George's University in Grenada. I was born and raised in Miami, Florida, and my parents are Hispanic, so I am also Cuban. So I'm bilingual, so I know how to speak both Spanish and English. Um... Since I was born and raised here, I did go to undergrad here. I went to Florida International University and I graduated with a bachelor's degree in biological sciences and I finished with magna cum laude. I applied to multiple schools. I did the MCAT and the whole process into getting into medical school, which I guess we'll get into it a little bit later on. And um, I applied at St. George's University. So I just finished my first year of medical school. So far, it's going great. And it's super exciting to be in the whole journey of being a medical student and the pathway of becoming a doctor. I love watching on social media when you're uh at school in Grenada, how beautiful it is there. Um, I, I love hearing um, that you're, you're, you just finished your first year, so you have a little bit under your belt of what, what to expect moving forward. Uh, I would love to hear a little bit about how you found this career in medicine. Why are you pursuing a career in medicine? Did you always know that you wanted to be a doctor? So my family is very in the in, in depth in the medical field. So my mom is a registered nurse. And previously, when she was in Cuba, she was also a nurse. So she might when she migrated to the United States, she wanted to keep pursuing the career of the medical field and she did her nursing degree and my aunt is a nurse as well so I am going to be first generation doctor in my family and college graduate so um, I did grow up a lot of being in the medical field and I did she back then it used to be like home health so she used to do a lot of home health and she's a single mom so she would take me with her um, in all her patient interactions that allowed her for, for her to, um, to take me. And I did like see a lot of patients with her and I saw the interaction that she had with patients, like a nurse patient interaction. And I loved it. I was super into it, but there was always something inside of me that I was like, oh mom, like I was little, but I was like, mom, but why, why do the patient has like, uh, uh, 
diabetes or why are you injecting them insulin or why are you like um fixing some type of like wounds and I was just like why why I wanted to know more I wanted to be like but can you like fix it why are you just injecting them with something and then she was just she would just be like oh you know it's just things and she tried to like explain but I was always like into it and I was like I want to know more I want to go into the healthcare field I loved it I love the patient interaction being able to create connections between uh, a provider being a nurse or a doctor or any um, healthcare provider and having that patient interaction and being able to you know hear their story try to help them out as much as you can be that person that's there whenever they they need help and I always knew it once I finished high school I was like I know I want to become a doctor and I love that it's really inspiring to hear that um by seeing what your mom was doing as a child and having an aunt also as a nurse um, that kind of inspired in you that that feeling in your heart where like I want to do this I want to help people I want to but I want to fix them I want to make them better is your mom still a practicing nurse yep she is she works in the in the fields of the elderly so she right now is doing really good with all the COVID she dealt a lot with she doesn't work like in hospitals more with like um like home health, like the facilities that take care of patients after like big surgeries or they usually live there, um, more like an outpatient aftercare. So she she does that type of work as a nurse and deal with a lot of COVID patients, patients that, you know, are like in recovery from surgery, but still are like tested COVID. They go to her facility as well and she maintains, you know, monitoring them. Um, but at this point, she's already like charged nurse. So and just mostly overlooks a lot of things. That's awesome. You guys talk back and forth. Like, do, do you discuss healthcare stuff with your mom, like while you're in school, ask her advice or questions? Or are you kind of already at a point where you guys talk to each other about, about just any kind of care? Oh yeah, of course. Sometimes when I'm even like learning things in school, I like when I call her since like she's in Miami and I'm in Grenada in school, I call her and I'm like, oh mom, like in Spanish, because we talk Spanish. Um, I'm like, oh mom, like I did the cardio the cardiology section. I was talking to her about all the EKGs and she was like talking back to me and telling me everything I was learning. And I was like, wow, how do you know this? She's like, oh, just uh, years of experience. You start learning things. And I talk to her and she understands me. So it's like a language that we're both speaking and we both understand it. Like it's super cool because then I'm just be like, oh, mommy like this is super super cool like I learned this and she's like yeah yeah and then on top of that like she kind of gives this per- the perspective of like a nurse you know it, it's still a doctor and nurse they, they two they're two big roles and two big different roles so her perspective on what I'm learning and then she kind of gives me like the more clinical and they're like okay she she gives me like different perspective and it's it's super cool and I haven't got into like big clinical se- section yet because I'm still in the first year of like basic sciences so I'm just learning like overall everything basically book work but she starts giving me like these little insights of like how it is in the real patient interaction scenario and it's it's super great and it gives me a better learning understanding because then she'll explain it to me and I'll be like okay now I can see how I can incorporate that into like how I'm learning or concept that I'm learning and I don't really understand she'll be like oh but in real life it kind of presents like this and gives it a perspective and then I could put like a 
it would be. And it helps me out a lot as well. Oh, that's so fun that you get to kind of bond with your mom over your passion and her passion. And I've just like banter back and forth, two different perspectives, get some advice from her too, which is really awesome. I know that you're going in Grenada there to school. And I just wondered why you chose that um, and what the, what the process was like for applying to medical school. I've talked to other people who, um, who didn't get into medical school the first time and like the process of reapplying and taking time off. Did you get in right away? Just tell us a little bit about what your journey has been like okay so the moment that I graduated high school I went to community college here in Miami so I did my first two years of community college once I finished it I did the other two years at our our university which is Florida International University and I did a bio like a biology major so if you are always interested in wanting to go into like some sort of doctorate degree in, in medicine uh, most of the time they tell you you know cover biology because biology normally will cover like all the classes that require um, medical schools uh, when your transcripts and they look at it they you've covered all the classes that they require and you will cover the classes as well for the MCAT which is the entrance exam into medical school so most most uh, like counselors recommend for you to go into a biology major but um over over the time that I've noticed things I always say like do something different because at the end of the day you are always going to want to like um, enhance your application going into medical school. So a biology major works perfect, but I always tell whoever asks me, like, what do you recommend to majoring like in an undergrad? And I always tell them, try to do something else that you love other than your science um, classes, because at the end of the day, you can take those classes extra and add them to your major. So, you know, if you're interested in language arts, you could do a language arts major and take the science classes and schools take that into consideration and they really like the diversity of students you know if you like Spanish and do a Spanish major and then do your your science classes and that helps out a lot in my experience I did biology so I did a full bio major and that takes into consideration all of your courses to apply for medical school. I was in around my junior year I started doing a lot of volunteer work um, in order to enhance that application because most schools of course you need some volunteer work shadowing some doctors so you they know that you know what it is to be a doctor just applying to medical school is is extremely difficult the rigorous work that you have to study for the MCAT and just all the amount of money that it takes to apply for this and work and time it's it's huge the whole journey of, you know, applying and you so having your volunteer work. I did also research. I had done two full semesters at my head of biology department in Florida International University. I did a lot of community outwork um, as well with the not so much healthcare because I didn't really want to just have volunteer work only in the medical field, but as well, you know, going to the um, all women's shelter here in Miami and you know it's called Lotus and you just participate and help the women there and just provide some type of help and and at the end of the day um you you know at the end of the application you're gonna write out all your experiences all of your volunteer work all of your research 
um, all the shadowing that you do. So I personally did about like four or five shadowing opportunities throughout my whole entire undergraduate um, degree. And that helped me out a lot. I also had opened the business. So I had a lot of leadership um, opportunities that I had already acquired throughout the whole ye um, years of my undergraduate degree. And I had participated in a lot of um, national honor societies that I had um, of leadership and success. So I did have a little bit of everything and I participated as much as I could. And then I finished uh, my my degree in biology at Florida International University in 2019. And my plan was to study for the MCAT, which is the, um, the exam that you need to enter into medical school with your application. So when you apply to medical school, you're gonna need your full application, which includes all the nitty gritty things that has to do with all your grades, your transcripts, et cetera. And in there, you're gonna also include all your volunteer work, the descriptions of what you do, um, your essays, all those things uh, would include uh, a normal application. And on top of that, you're going to need your MCAT score. And normally, uh, some students, depending on how they like to do it, they like to study while they're finishing their undergraduate degree and then take the MCAT. But how I did it, I wanted to finish my degree first and then take time to study for it. So I finished in 2019 and I started studying in September of 2019 and my plan was to take it in May of 2020. But what happened in May of 2020 was COVID-19. So everything got completely shut down and I wasn't able to take my MCAT uh, when I was originally set for in May of 2020. So uh, imagine I was studying like rigorous every day. I had all my Kaplan books, I was doing new world questions and we were studying day and night for this test because it is a very difficult test. It's taking into consideration a lot of topics that um, you have done throughout the undergraduate career, mainly focusing a lot of science topics. So it is a very hard exam and you have to learn how to take this exam because it is an eight hour exam. So it, it's a very difficult exam and it takes time and stamina in order to take this test. So once I was ready and my mind was like, okay, I'm gonna take it in, in May and I was almost already done, COVID-19 hit and it was like, no one knew what was going on. So there was no really a, um, like opportunity for me to say, okay, I'm gonna take it next week or I'm gonna take it next month and I know for sure. So every, every testing center kept canceling my testing exam date and I couldn't take my, my MCAT until September of 2020. So I had like a whole full gap year, just I kept maintaining studying for the test, you know, that's the only thing I could have done throughout that time because I had already graduated. So my focus was just studying for the, for the test. Once I took it in September, I had already sent my application, but at the end of the day, some schools, because the score is coming back, they don't really like that. Um, but I, I expected some schools to, you know, take into consideration everything that was going on that year. And I went ahead and I sent it and I sent my application and I applied to a couple of schools, including St. George's University. And because I didn't want to wait any longer because I had already had one whole gap year, I was like, I already want to start 
um, going into school and getting the process started because I was already having some downtime from school and I was just like, I want to start school already. I didn't really like being, you know, without doing anything, just studying and doing some volunteer work and shadowing just to fill in the gap and, and not just feel like I wasn't doing anything the whole time. So once I applied to St. George's University, they sent me um, the interview and I did their interview with an amazing alumni doctor. He was super, super nice. And he explained his whole experience that he had at St. George's University. And I personally loved the story. And I had met other students um, that have gone to St. George's University and gave me their perspective on how was the school and their own experience um, going to a school in the Caribbean and I I know there's a lot of stigma with going to schools in the Caribbean and everything that has to do with a international student but I felt like at the end of the day everything has stigma and people have their own choices and they take their own um, path in every career and I said I'm gonna take this one I think this is a great opportunity that I can come out and show everyone you know Yes, you're an you're an IMG. You're in a Caribbean school, but the, how does that make me any different of a doctor? How is that not gonna um, take my knowledge and my patient interaction skills, my communication skills, my interpersonal skills? How is that any different just because I went to another country? Just like I could go to another state and go to another school in the United States, it's the same concept. So I said I want to jump on that. I want to be that one person that helps anyone behind me because as a first generation uh, doctor and, and and college student in my in my family I had no one to guide me through the whole process I had to find out everything by myself so just being in that position of helping someone that doesn't really know how to go through through about of the process of wanting to be a doctor or just interested in any Caribbean school or anything I said I want to be that person to help a lot of other students in the U.S., in other Caribbean schools, and I came to the decision that St. George's University was one of the best options that I had for myself and for what I wanted, and I went with it, and I accepted their, their acceptance for me, and it, it's super exciting just getting that acceptance and going upon it, and you're like, okay, now it's the next step. Now it's actually studying for for what you want to be in life and what you're looking in your career and that's what's all important at the end of the day i had no idea that the mcat was eight hours i did not know that that's a really long test but it sounds like there's so much work that has to happen before you even get into medical school that by the time you get there it almost sounds like you're a year in it's like okay now i'm finally focusing on what i want to do and it almost seems like i know medical school is extremely difficult but it sounds like just getting to that point is is a lot of work in itself and not a lot of people talk about that so i appreciate all the information I want to know, so I have a couple questions just based off of the things you said. Um, I would love to hear more about how you found these volunteer jobs, shadowing positions. How did you find those um, to be doing them? Was it through school or did you know someone? Um, just for anyone listening who might want to be able to get into shadowing and needs to do that for medical school. And um, also, I know that you talked a little bit about having your own business or starting your own business. And so I did want to go into a little bit what it, what that is. Obviously, you're a very busy person. I know from just 
our interactions in the past, like you are super organized. I don't even know how you get so many things done in a day. Like your time management skills are amazing. So I do want to dive into that in a little bit as well. But yeah, can you just kind of talk a little bit about the shadowing process, volunteering, what exactly specifically you did for the volunteering and how you got that and a little bit about starting a business? Yes. So in my undergraduate, I did participate in a lot of clubs and one of them was called Cure and also Medics. So with Medics, I did a um, mission trip to Dominican Republic that I participated and we did a lot of community outwork there in Dominican Republic. And with Cure, they did offer a lot of volunteer work. So being part of these clubs and they send you out a lot of like opportunities that they have with um, a lot of communities that work around my area. So when they sent out the emails, then I could, would sign up to those. I also personally reached out to, for example, the American Red Cross. I sent them an email and I was like, hi, I'm interested in volunteering for this certain event that I see that you guys have coming up. And just putting yourself out there for these things is super important. It might seem like, you know, a lot of people are like, you, you can't really be reaching out to people they don't like that, but it's like, at the end of the day, you have to put the hard work and dedication to whatever you want. If you want to volunteer in a certain place, email the, the head department, email their contact information, put out your name, let them know who you are, what is your, your goal or what you want to be a part of. And most of the time they are looking for people. They want people who, who want to be a part of whatever event or cause they're going for. And they just want people to help them out. And at the end of the day, they love those emails and they want people to just go out there and help them out. The more help they have, the better it is for them. And it's just, being able to put yourself out there, I think is the most important. A lot of my shadowing opportunities, I found through my own uh, family doctor. And it's just, again, asking a simple, most doctors love to help other future students. And if you just ask maybe your own doctors, if you're interested in obstetrics and, obstetrics and gynecology, uh, ask your OBGYN, if you're a girl, ask your OBGYN, say, hey, I'm a, a pre-med student and I'm interested in, in having um, some shadowing. Do you offer that shadowing or any type of volunteer work? Or if you even know other doctors that, that provide that, that shadowing service for students, and I will totally tell you 100% there will be doctors that are going to be of course yes just you know set out a time and you come in and, and participate and see how how the office runs or whatever specialty it is it's just asking it simply starts with asking the question if like hey I'm interested in this and go for it most of the time like I said, doctors and other people would love for, for students just to participate in whatever they're doing. I simply asked my professor, I was like, hi, my professor, like, are, do you have any open research spots that you have um, coming up in the summer or next fall, next semester? Like, what's going on? I want to jump in. I want to help out. And most of the time, they, they, it, they will look for the opportunity for you to jump in on a cause. There's always really good big um like 
programs that help out with volunteering as well. Um, I personally have not looked into those because when I did them, I simply joined a lot of clubs at school and themselves, they that's how you communicate and participate. The more you participate, they will notice and then they will come up to you and be like, hi, Nanette, I have this opportunity. Like I have this, this volunteer work and I know you really like this. Like, do you want to participate? Do you want to sign up? And it's, yeah, go for it. You know, the opportunities are there. You can do it. You just got to reach out to the correct people, send the email, put yourself out there. And I think that's the best, best, best way to find these type of opportunities. Most of the time, your school will offer like those clubs and, and just finding your way through them. And if there's not a club for you, make it schools love that they love for you to be that person to be that leader if you have something that you've never your school doesn't offer it be that person to offer it look for those opportunities make it happen they it's just something that's gonna say hey this person is dedicated for what they want put yourself there and just look for the ways and you will find the opportunities and you will find everything that you want and what you need and accommodate for yourself i think that it's such great advice that you were talking about creating the opportunity for yourself as well because if it's not there and you can think of it and it's not something that's like active or reachable to you, create it. And I love that. I had a, a few friends in college who did something similar uh, to that, would create their own clubs and create their opportunities. I think you have such great advice for people. You're going to be an incredible doctor. I can tell how big of a, how hard of a worker you are. Um, and so I'm just, I'm really excited to see the rest of your future. Um, and I would love to talk a little bit about how your first year has gone and um, is it what you expected it to be? Um, are there, were there unforeseen challenges that came up that you didn't uh, think were gonna be challenging that were and then things that maybe you thought were gonna be challenging that weren't? Um, how was it being away from your family? Uh, can you just tell us a little bit about what that first year was like actually being in medical school? Just the process of going to Grenada was the biggest step to just getting it. We got the acceptance. Now the second big part was literally leaving everything I had here at home and then moved to another country basically that I've never been to, that I have no clue by myself and just start this big, like this big step in my career because yes, medical school, everyone tells you medical school is hard, medical school is hard, medical school is hard, but you've never experienced it. And, and so you really don't know what to expect. So the big part at the beginning was the hardest was to leave the fa my family um, because we, can't, we are very close, nitty gritty, like Hispanic families are super close. Um, so it, it was very hard, but I kind of like really, to take my mind off of that, I really was like, okay, I'm super excited. I need to find things that I really like. So my idea was like, okay, now we have to start packing. What do I need? What do I, what do I take to this school? Like I have no idea everything. So I, def I went into depth onto packing and getting everything done and just setting everything, all the paperwork, of course, that you need to send in and everything. 
get your flights and everything just to go over there once i got over there i i before that we make a lot of like group chats with friends and stuff like that so i had already um made friends i was going with one of my friends from undergrad here and i did um get together with a lot of students that were going from miami as well to SGU and I did meet with them before so I had already had a couple friends going to the school already which is very important I think um, meeting people and you know not just doing everything by yourself because it is a very hard journey especially a lot of a lot of um, you know dedication takes into this and and it's hard just to go to another country by yourself with a bunch of bags full of stuff that you need and just go and put yourself out there so going over there, I had already met a lot of people. And once we got to school, everything was super good. They they give you like a lot of tours. The school offers tours. They give you like all the, um, the schedules and everything that it has. You have like a whole week of orientation before where they show you everything, all the security on campus, all the, um, the resources that the schools give you. And honestly, that whole process, I really expected because, again, it's like undergrad, every school has your, their orientation and, you know, gives you the whole idea. But what I never expected was the amount of content, material, whatever you want to call it that you get in medical school. It is, oh my God, it is too much. I think that's what everyone meant when it says medical school is hard because I don't mind my personal opinion. I don't think material wise, like what you get taught, like with lectures and stuff like that. I don't think that is hard. You know, you're going to learn a material. You're going to learn a concept. You learn it. Once you learn it, you'll know it. But it's the concept that you're getting a hundred concepts at the same time that one day you're getting at least I can even explain to you we have in in my school we have two lectures and we cover so much material within those two lectures and imagine it's two lectures for a whole week for five days of lectures and you're getting you're doing a whole system for example once we did our anatomy a uh, week we covered the whole back upper limb torso abdomen everything in one week and it's a lot. And, and don't get me wrong, I, at the end of that week, I don't know all the material because to be realistic, it's it's a lot of material and it's 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 hard to learn all of that at once. But at the end of the day, you yourself, you have to put in that work. You do have only two hours of lectures. You might have extra activities, but the rest of the day, you need to focus and be like, I need to learn these concepts. And you spend the rest of the day learning and knowing this, this type of concepts. And that's what I think everyone refers to as medical school is hard because it is so much material that I didn't expect that. That's something I didn't expect. And it's something that I really had to acclimate to that first couple of weeks before that first test, that first test of medical school, just the amount of material there was and just getting the, um, the flow of studying um, and just getting like the idea of how is medical school, how to study for medical school. Cause it's not what you've done in undergrad where you just, 
get a lecture and that's it, you know it and that's it. No, you have to put in the work. You have to get the concept. You have to get the clinical concept. You have to get the book concept. You gotta get all the concepts because not every patient is gonna present itself the same way. Yes, you know, the, the book is gonna teach you one way but maybe your patient is not gonna come that way. So you really, not, you really need to understand the concept really good. So whenever you see it, you can identify or kind of go through it. You have to be very organized. You have to know what's going on on a daily basis. You have to set daily goals for yourself because if not, you're going to fall behind because this is a rolling game. This is going 100 miles per hour and it, it doesn't stop for you. It doesn't stop because you don't feel good one day and you're sick. You can't call out. You're still going to have to get up and go to class and learn your material and it doesn't, it doesn't stop for you. Medical school doesn't stop for life and life doesn't stop for medical school. That's how I see That's how I see it. You have to keep your life going. You have to take time for yourself. Definitely mental health breaks all the time, 24 seven, because at the end of the day, sitting and reading and learning and answering questions and reading things and getting to know everything, it takes a toll on yourself personally and I know it from friends and being in the whole stigma of medical school and it is very hard on yourself and on family and on friends and, and your own colleagues and it's super important just to always be on the lookout for everyone know that everyone's on the same boat everyone's trying to get to the same goal you know different pathways same end goal I definitely say I live by a planner. I have two planners, but that's how I work and that's how I work at my best. And I, I know that if I set my goals down, my daily goals, I say, I'm going to finish this by today. I have to complete that goals because those are my daily goals. And I have monthly goals. I have yearly goals. I have years of goals that I want to accomplish. And if you don't set that discipline just to complete a daily goal, a 24-hour goal that you have to do, you know, you, you could set up that self for you. And at the end of the day, you're going to, I feel personally that you can complete anything. You know, if you tell yourself, I'm going to complete this in five hours, and then I'm going to go to the beach for another two, then you can do that. You could be very disciplined enough and say, I'm going to complete whatever task I'm going to do in five hours. And then I'm going to go and relax or go out with my friends or go to dinner. And that's going to help you balance it out because you have to do it fast. You have to learn how to do this fast because like I said, you don't have time. You, you, you start medical school and everything is coming at you fast and you have to learn how you study. You have to change your study strategies every single time you have a new module or a new test or a new topic. You might not learn everything at the same time and it's it's consuming so you have to be able to say okay I'm going to do a task I, I really need to go out or I really need to take time for myself then add it to the schedule and if you add it to the schedule you add it to whatever you want to do then do it and to set up realistic goals you know and not say I'm going to complete um, let's say 200 questions or 300 questions in that day like we can't be you can't be that strategic because that's not going to be realistic. You want to be productive and you want to have good outcomes at the end of the day. It's, it's a growing process and a learning process. It's not just, okay, I learned how to do this one day and I move on. No, medical school comes every module, every concept starts with a new challenge. And um, what I've learned is as, as the terms go by and as 
like let's say I already did my first year and now I look into what I have coming for the second year, then I look back at the whole year and I say, okay, what do I want to change? What do I want to improve in? What do I really want to make myself do better or change or what ways did I not function properly? And just grow from that. Learn from the mistakes that you've done previously and change them and move on to the next year. And that you are the first day is not going to be the person that you are when you finish medical school or where you go into residency or fellowship and just the doctor that you will be at the end of the day. Yeah, it sounds like it's a lot of knowledge on top of knowledge on top of knowledge on top of knowledge. So it's it's a never ending if you don't if you don't learn the the base of it, then you can't start stacking the knowledge. Uh, do you find that like when you're on breaks, like right now, that you are using that time to kind of still catch up on what you learned this past year in your first year of medical school? I, I wonder about that. That's one question. And the other question I have is when you don't reach your goals, because, you know, sometimes that happens to me. I'm a big, I love my day planner too. I, I swear by it. It's how I get things done. It's how I can gauge where I'm at with all of the goals that I have. Um, but I think what happens, how do you handle not reaching at the end of the day? There's only so many hours in a day, right? And sometimes things can take you longer or just think life happens and things pop up. You get sick, you get a migraine, whatever. Um, I'd love to hear about how you manage uh, when you don't reach your goal for the day or the week, um, how you make that up. So when I set up my daily goals or the goals that I want to complete, and as I go through them, I usually like to like scratch them out. I'll do like a big line across it when I complete it. And whenever those things do pop out, you know, you take a longer lunch or, you know, like you said, a migraine pops out and you just can't deal with any, any studying. I always write it down and say, okay, um, if I'm going to take time extra let's say I'll take a nap or whatever then I'll say on the next day I have to wake up earlier and complete that task because at the end of the day I have to complete it by the end of the week or if it's something not as important then I can say okay I, com I can complete it in the weekend instead of going to the beach for two hours then I only go for one hour you know you try to set it down as much as you can and and just organize yourself in a way that you can complete those tasks and be realistic about it like I said, you know, you're not going to set yourself full of things at one day because at the end of the day, you need time for yourself. You have to go to lunch. You have to do other things in school because it's not just about having lectures. You have other activities as well. So you need to work around those things. And when you don't complete the things, keep them in mind and don't go to the next task until you complete that one, because then, you know, you have many things accumulate at the end and then you could feel overwhelmed. And that's not something that you want to have because medical school is very overwhelming itself. And imagine if you're not completing these things at the end, let's say by the end of the week, you want to complete so many things and you have it, then you, you can like put more pressure on yourself. And I feel like that's, that's worse upon you. And it's just something that you need to really learn how to balance out really good. So, you know, again, you have to be realistic. We're all human. You know, if you don't complete something, it's okay. Move on. Take it day by day. That's something that I go by every day. 
what is today? Don't worry about what you have to do the whole week. Don't worry about what you have to do next week, but just take it day by day because it can be very overwhelming. All the amount of things that you have to do in one week. Ask, you know, one, one foot in front of the other. There's that quote about, you know, a journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step. And uh, when I find myself overwhelmed and I have so much to do, rather than looking at all the things that I have to do, I just say, okay, what's the first thing? That's just one thing at a time, one thing at a time. I even do that when I exercise. If I'm going to go for a five mile run and I'm like, I can see the distance and how far away I have to go is, I get, I get like, oh, I'm never going to make it. This is going to take forever. But what I do instead is I kind of look to the ground and I just focus on like, the road in front of me, or like if I'm going to go up a hill, you know, if I see the hill, I'm like, oh no, that's going to be, but if I just look down and I look just at the pavement or the, the hike or the trail or whatever, then I don't really, it doesn't feel as hard because I'm just, I'm focusing on what's right in front of me rather than the whole entire big picture. It's good to have the big, big picture in mind for where you're trying to go, but it's not always great to have it always at the forefront of your mind when you need to just kind of start simple do the one task, this next, move on to the next, move on to the next. So I think it's really great advice. Um, Nanette, you are amazing. Like, I just don't even know. I, I have so many more <laughs> thing, questions and things. I, I noticed, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like on social media, I saw that you have a big whiteboard, right? Where you like, is that a monthly thing you do or is that a weekly thing? I, I feel like it was a monthly thing where you start over for the month and you're like, already filling out all of the things that you have to do so that you can visually see that. Is that in your dorm room? Yeah. So I have my own apartment. So I did ship out a huge whiteboard, like a teacher's whiteboard. And I have it in the middle of my living room. And as I start a new module and I do, um, I use this app called Anki, which is like a flashcard app. And as I do my cards and I finish my notes and reviewing everything, I go to the whiteboard and I'll start dropping down everything that I remember just from the top of my head, go cover all the material that I do and what it is, depending on whatever we're doing that week. And I won't erase it. I would leave it there. So like, let's say if I'm cooking, I could be looking at it and reading it and just be like, oh, okay, I'm reviewing this material. I could read it and just having it there in front of me most of the time it helps me because then I'm like oh I forgot this little detail and I'll read it and then I'll, I see the big picture if it's like a concept that's like for example all the biochemical pathways I had pathways all over the place and I could see the big picture so it was it's it's great for me I love it I used to have the little small ones and then once I like again I learned that the small ones were too small for me at one point so I was like I need something bigger that is gonna help me like make everything a big picture so I do do it like every module it depends again I don't always do it for all the modules because some of them can be more or less say anatomy heavy and I cannot really like draw out anatomy I don't I'm not such an amazing drawer but like concepts and stuff like that and pathways and things like that whatever it works best for me in the module then I'll go ahead and do it like a big study strategy that I've learned that works really good for me everyone has different study strategies but using a, a whiteboard for me helps a lot for for studying and I do have this right in the middle of my living room and that's one of my one of my ways of, of learning is definitely using my big whiteboard in the middle of my of my kitchen living room area yeah, it's such a good tip trick because if you think about it, your your people learn differently. You know, some some are auditory. You know, but for you, you're writing it down, 
and then you're also visually seeing it and you're seeing it just like almost unconsciously when you're just doing something else. Um, and I think it's, it's so smart to just always have it at the forefront of what you're doing. Yeah. But I can imagine that might not work for everyone. That might create anxiety for some people because they're like, oh no, I like I don't know this yet, you know, and it's like right in your face. But I think I, I love it. I think it's really smart. I noticed it on social media, how you're reviewing things before the lecture um, and going over things that you know are going to be in, in preparation of the lecture so that when you're actually learning it from the professor, you're understanding it at a different level than you were if you were hearing it for the very first time. I think that's really great advice and really smart. Um, okay, so we get that you're such a hard worker. You're really good with time management. You're obviously super intelligent, super passionate. Um, obviously, you're a very giving person because I know you don't have a lot of time, but you do use your social media to um, help other students, inspire, to teach them, to help give them tips and tricks on how to study better. Um, I love that. I, I do want to say um, that Nanette is an all hard work because I know you took a vacation. You took a trip, right? So yeah. that's important too, because we talk about mental health and we talk about balance, right? So can you talk a little bit about the trip you went on and, and how much fun you had? Oh, I went to Colombia. So when I got home straight to Miami, I was like, I have to go somewhere. Like I need to take a break. So we went to Colombia, me and my boyfriend, and we had so much fun. We went with another a really good friend of mine that I've I've known her since middle school. And we went to Colombia for like about a week. I think. And it was super, super, super fun. We went to a place called Medellin, uh, Colombia. So it's like one of their bigger cities. And we went to everything that has to do with like Pablo Escobar and just learning about all the history that uh, was composed of the years when he was, you know, doing a lot of things in Colombia. And um, we went to another part where we went to like the mountains and I stayed in the mountains for a couple days. And that that was more of like a connection with nature where I wanted to get away from like the city and just have a connection with nature itself and just getting away from everything from social media as well because I am doing social media I am doing school and it's a lot and sometimes I'm like I need a break from everything as well just to to for my own sanity and honestly um it's it's super helpful. I loved it. We were like in the bubble hotel and it was a great, great experience. I love it. And I am actually leaving to Mexico in about three days for my mom's wedding. She's going to get married. So yes. Congratulations. Yeah. So she's going to get married. We're going to go to Mexico to spend time with the family. And then when I come back to from Mexico, I leave back to Grenada um, in a couple of days from me coming back from vacation again. So I we had a big break. So I wanted to, you know, take take the time and and enjoy because this upcoming year is going to be a very hard one is one of the toughest toughest years so I wanted to be able to relax take time for myself and just you know be ready to go into the next year with good energy good hard work set the goals and I it's just you know setting time for yourself is very important and it, it's been a different journey and I definitely love it like I could have not had a better opportunity to go to a school in the career I mean, I think it was the best thing 
for me. I would have not been any happier in any other school, I believe. On like at the bottom of my heart, I don't know. Like I'm such a Miami girl, and it's the weather for me. It's amazing. I love going to the beach. I'm such a beach girl, and it's just like I love it. I feel super happy, you know. It's and it's something that's very important, a decision that you make because it's gonna be for four years, and you want to be in a place where you really love it because if not, it's not gonna help out at all. Yeah, I think you made a great decision. I'm glad we talked about going to school there in Grenada and what that's been like. Um, I know that we touched a little bit that on like a stigma there for just being an, an IMG. Um, but I, I've talked to a few IMGs and um, I think it maybe isn't as much of a stigma as it used to be because um, I was just talking to a veterinarian, um, two veterinarians actually, who one of them had gone to school in the Caribbean and um, her partner was like uh, older than the other girl. And so that wasn't really an option when she was becoming a veterinarian. And she's like, oh man, she's like, if I had the chance to go back in time and go to, the, go to school in the Caribbean, I would have done that because the knowledge that you're getting, like you're only as good as the work that you're going to put in. It doesn't matter where you're going to school as much as it matters about the work that you're going to put in, the knowledge that you're going to soak up, and how hard you're going to work to retain that knowledge and the care that you put into that. And obviously, you're going to be an amazing doctor. I'm really excited to follow it further along uh, as you go through uh, continuing medical school there. I agree with your friend on the concept of the school doesn't make you who you are or what you're going to be. I definitely think that is accurate on her part because you can go to any school and the doctor uh, that you're going to be is going to come off of who you are and the hard work that you put into what you want to do and the type of person you are. You know, you could be, you could go to the Ivy League school if you wanted to, but if you don't really put in the work, maybe you're not going to be a good doctor. That doesn't mean that the Ivy League school didn't make you a good doctor. They taught you what you needed to know. Now, what you did with the knowledge or with the resources they offer you, that's up to you. And honestly, you know, that's something why I wanted to go to, to a Caribbean school because of that. Yes, there is a stigma. The stigma is not, is not as it used to be back then, but there still is some of it. And it's we're here to say, you know, the school is not going to make me the doctor. The school is going to give me the resources. The school is going to teach me. The professors are going to teach me. The professors are going to guide me through where I need to go. But the doctor that I'm going to be is who I am who I am as a person and my interaction with my patients, my knowledge, how I come about um, situations or how I interact with other people, the school's not gonna teach me that. The school doesn't teach me how I need to interact with a patient or how I give them the, the, the love or how I give them the attention that they need or the compassion that I need to offer them. And, you know, at the end of the day, you, you need to go to wherever you feel comfortable with, I think, because it's, it's super important to take that into consideration. The school, yes, the school is a Caribbean school, but the school is not gonna, gonna make you the doctor you're gonna be. Like, personality-wise, they're gonna give you the knowledge Yes, they offer you the knowledge. They offer you how to how to learn all the material that you need to learn, how you're prepared for it. That's up to you, how much work you want to put into it. 
they're, they're, they give you all the material, they give you all the resources. Now, how much work are you going to put into it? That's the big question. Right? And that's going to be how, how it, it's going to like determine how good of a person you're going to be, how good of a doctor, knowledgeable you're going to be. And, and I just think a lot of people assume like, yes, how, how, how much the school prepares you. The school is going to prepare you. The school is ready for to, to make doctors is just how much work you're going to put into it. How much knowledge how, are you going to sit there and study all the, all the materials? Are you going to take time and go volunteer and go help out? That, that's all part of everything. It's not just a school. You have to put in your work. And that's a lot of things that I think like people just assume, yeah, the school is going to make me a doctor. And not talk to the patient in book, in book language because they don't know what that is. Yeah, you got to be able to break break the break the words down because yes, we know more than them, but we got to be able to change that language in a in a way that they can understand it. And that's all skills skills that a school doesn't teach you. It's just skills that you acquire through experiences, through um, opportunities that you've gotten throughout your career. And it's just important for people to understand that yes, the school takes a big part the type of school it is, but you also got to put in the work for yourself because it doesn't come easy. I would say that I don't really care what grade you got on your test. I want to know, like, can you help me? Can you talk to me? Can you level with me? Can I trust you? Do I feel like you're going to understand me and you're going to try to help me the best that you can? I would much rather have a doctor who uh, didn't go to the Ivy League school, but that can talk to me and level with me and care for me than someone who um, doesn't have good bedside manner. So I think bedside manner is incredibly important in healthcare in general. Well, Nanette is here. She's on social media. Um, you can find her. I'm going to let her give you her at symbol so you can check her out. But she has tons of resources for students who are going through medical school. If you want to follow her journey, she's incredibly inspiring. She'll help you with time management. She'll help you with how to memorize things. She'll show you how to study, what to study. I mean, she's amazing. So go check her out. Nanette, can you give us your at on social media? Yeah, it's at Nanny, N-A-N-Y-Y-Y underscore X3. Um, and I am super grateful to be here with you and be part of MDF Instruments. I love them so much. And just the, the goal orientation that you guys have with community and everything. And, and I'm super excited. I, I, I love working with you guys. And I hope later on in the future, we can create some, some big, important, amazing campaigns. I, I've enjoyed so much just watching your journey from the beginning. Um, I've seen you grow so much just in a really short amount of time. Um, and I find you extremely inspiring. I think like watching Nanette on uh, social media, you, if you're feeling like lost or a little bit like behind, you watch her and she shows you how to, she keeps you motivated. She's so busy all the time. Showing, she's showing up um, all the time and it's very inspiring. Um, I'm glad to hear that you uh, are, are happy with our partnership as well because we are thrilled to have you and I'm excited to keep watching your journey and see how that goes for you because I know you're going to become a great doctor and uh, I love working with you and yes if you ever go on any more medical missions or any volunteering in the future or anyone listening uh, or watching we love donating um, we have a crafting wellness initiative so we love donating stethoscopes to those in need a lot of times we'll give them to the healthcare workers who go over there and then they leave them for the healthcare workers who are actually in the place so that they they have medical equipment um, because we believe in healthcare for all 
and wellness for all. So uh, I'm happy to see that you're uh, you're with that as well, Nanette. Um, thank you again so much for joining our Crafting Wellness podcast. It has been such a pleasure having you on. Oh, the pleasure is mine. Thank you so much. Thank you.